Yo, it's time to step into the business bubble. Well, I'm gonna teach you something. Really? This is what we do. Mm-hmm. In France, you go chante. Chante. And do I have to hold? You have to look at each other's eyes when you say chante. Chante. It means you live in a moment and you acknowledge that you've been here with the other person. If ah. you don't do that, you'll have seven years of bad luck. Ah, that's sucks. <laughs> so I've done like what, 15, 16 episodes? So that's a lot of years of bad luck. <laughs> no, this will just make up for all oh, really? of it. Okay. <laughs> is that culture? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yum, this is really good. I love it. Mm? No mm. dairy, right? Mm, this is great. Mm. Okay. Is that okay for you? Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. Hey, I got a question. How did you start? How did you just start your business? How do I start my business? How long ago? When I started saying 10 years, I stopped counting. Mm-hmm. I feel weirdly hearing my own voice. Maybe I should just take it off. I can't. You can if you want. Like, just like this. You can no, take it off weird. completely. It's up to you. I have to get used to it, Nathan. Okay. All right. Start again. <laughs> start again. Okay, okay. Start again. This is good. This is the nuances of It's, podcasting. Yes. This is new. You get, you get used to your voice. Okay, I'll get used to it. Okay, yeah. I'll get used to it. Sorry, I've been nervous. Wait till you start singing, and then you... Okay. That's the worst, when you have to hear yourself <laughs> singing. Oh, my goodness. Okay. Yeah. So, you asked me how I start my business. Now, how did you start your business? Well, being from the Asian background... Um, I've always been like I've always been creative, but being Asian, it's never been like sort of approved, right? So I've always been doing like chemistry, physics, maths, and my parents never let me go near like the art artistic subjects. To a point where my teacher demanded to speak to my te- to my parents, and I said to them, "But my parents don't speak English," <laughs> and then he gave up. So anyway. I was destined to be a chemical engineer by my parents. And one day, um, when my first, when my biggest brother got married, all the family, all the kids um, were in one place, which is really rare because we're all overseas. And we did a family portrait. Okay. And my dad literally said, and this is one week before I was met to do my proper, proper degree. And he said, why did that family portrait cost as much as my new TV? <laughs> do you want to do photography? Oh. I'm not kidding. That was literally how it started. And I just looked at him. I said, are you for real? He goes, yeah. Do you want to do photography? I mean, at the end of the day, they just wanted to make sure that we can, you know, make a living. And that was it. A week later, I was in Sydney doing like Bachelor of Arts in majoring in photography. That's... <laughs> just like that. Just like that. Just My like life that. just went like flip upside down. Oh, wow. And then I graduated. I went and did like, um, I had a mentor and then I just started getting really into it. And that's 2006. How long ago was that? 2006. So oh that's, my God. What? It's a long time ago. Yeah. I'm frightened. <laughs> it's like 17 years ago. Oh <laughs> yes. So how did you get your first job? Um, by myself or I mean my first job was in New York so I was I mean that was my first first paid job so I was studying there for a, a semester and then a friend said to me do you want to come and photograph this um, this fashion designer who just launched his label and I'm like sure so then I went to this like basement and they did like a runway show and I just photographed the 
um, the designer and his new outfits, and I got paid fifty dollars per photo. Nice. That was my first ever job. Nice. How many? Yeah. How many photos did you end up taking? <laughs> one. <laughs> oh no no! I took a lot, but he only oh, paid okay. me for one. <laughs> ah. Did they? What did they do with the photo? Uh, I have no pu- idea. Publish it somewhere, or I had no idea. I just no? went, turned up, got paid, and left. Oh, okay. So that was when I was still a student. You know, you just take whatever opportunities. Yeah. And then you just... I didn't think much about business. I just, mm. you know, ride the wave. Because there's a there's a big difference between being creative and then also being a business owner. Oh, my goodness, yes. Yeah. Because I, yeah. there's a lot of friends of mine who write songs as well. Mm. And, you know, there's, I, see, I see them... They're so good at their craft in producing mm. music, writing songs. But then... When I see what they're doing in terms of the business side, like, do you have any idea how to do business? A lot of people don't. I honestly don't. I had no idea what I was doing. It was only when I met my husband. Mm. One day I was just so exhausted and I fell asleep on the sofa. And then we had, when I woke up, we had a conversation where he's like, is your business sustainable? why are you so tired? And I said to him, because I don't have enough budget to pay anybody Mm. to help me out. And then he just said, well, you know, give me your numbers. So then he actually created a spreadsheet and he told me how much I meant to charge. And so that was the first starting point and I didn't know how to say no. So Mm. when someone said to me, can you give me like 50% off? I just said, yeah, okay. (laughs) You know, being a creative, we're just so vulnerable when it comes to saying no. We don't know how to. And especially someone like me, I just don't know how to say no. I have grown so much in that department, thank God, for my husband. Um, But yes, since that, that was the first starting point of knowing how to run a sustainable business and how to grow it, scale it, dream it, and you know, all that kind of stuff. Was your, is your husband a numbers guy? He is a numbers guy. He's uh, an architect. So, oh, he's an know, arch- like everything has to line up and yeah. it has to be balanced. Yeah. So, so how early ago, how early was this into the, um, into your photography? Maybe business? I have to think of when I met him again. <laughs> four years. Four years into it. So, so what was your, years. what was your schedule like that uh, during that time? Was it shooting Monday to Friday? No, it just comes like. When it comes, it comes. And so far, I feel like God has been so gracious to me. I'm never like out of work. That's awesome. Like the work is always there. Like I'm always keeping myself busy. And yeah, like I've just been, I felt really blessed that I've been able to survive. Mm. But I don't have control over my finances or over my future. I was just riding the wave. Mm -hmm. So until, you know, I started to have some sort of like, you know, a sense of responsibility and a sense of control over how I want the future to be. Then it starts shaping up. So I suppose this is like when, you know, the Bible says, people will, my people perish before because they have no vision. Mm-hmm. It's like that. Yeah. And then from from there, like, what does your schedule look like now? Oh my gosh, it's even more intense. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I... My life is really full on because I have two young children and we have destination jobs. So half of my work is in Europe. And then I'm also helping my husband as his interior designer with his development projects. And I'm also a host renting out um, Summer Hope House as a rental space for creatives to, um, to hire up for the commercial shoots. 
I also do like you know portraits and brand shoots for businesses. Wow. And I do ten weddings a year, half of them you know overseas. So life is really full on. And wow. And I also love you know like mentoring people, mm. and I love spending time meeting new people, and yeah, so. And conversations like this, right? Yeah. So that's yeah. why I just said yes because I <laughs> this is what I love, and yeah. and I know that I have the responsibility to share my story because yeah, stories have the power to inspire and enlarge other people's capacity too. Yes. And I truly believe that the world is a much more beautiful place if we all just have more faith in our dreams. Don't you mm. think? Ah, oh, yeah. That's why I have everything's Disney. <laughs> like when people just chase and believe and give their dreams a chance, this world will absolutely be a better place because your kids will be happier. You have such a sense of like fulfillment in your life. Mm. It's it's going to impact your circle, and that will impact you know their circle and collectively. The risk is fun. The risk is fun, and the risk is that you will regret it if you don't give it a go. That's right. I mean, I had a business that failed, and I don't, I don't, I'm not shy about well, tell it. Tell me about it. <laughs> I had, I had, a, so I opened up a business in China. Um, so, wow. yeah, yeah. So this was before COVID, and I, I thought, hey, you know what? Crazy dream. I want to revolutionize the way that English is done in Australia, because when I worked in the bank, I had a lot of uh, clients, a lot of students. They come from overseas, and when they talk with me, uh, they would only know textbook English. You know, hello, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. How are you? You know, and then so you, you hear that and you go, that's not how we really converse. I mean, if you want to write an essay, great, awesome. But <clears throat> if you really want to get a get a job, yes, do an interview and, yes. and, and, and actually have conversations with people yes. as well, especially if you're moving from China to Australia, yep. you got to know how to speak <clears throat> proper like conversational English. Yes. And so I thought, hey, whatever they're teaching in China right now, let's completely revolutionize it. Wow. Right? And then so... <clears throat> Credit to my friend Tony who jumped on this with me as well. Um, and, and but you know what, COVID hit, and that was really unfortunate because we opened mm. in November 2019. Yeah, and um, and then you know we, we, we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't last um, because we had to leave the country. Wow! How do you run a business when no. you're trying to start something from scratch and the world has stopped? Yes. Oh, but well done, Nathan, for pushing through. That's incredible. And now the Chinese students can listen to all your podcasts and learn all this conversational. One day I'll get this translated in Chinese. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll have someone that translates you as well in, in Mandarin as well, and they can listen to this. One time, I, I grew up in Singapore, so yeah. I, it was my first language for five years. And then I stopped speaking it for about 20 years, and I completely forgot how to speak and then ah. one day I told myself, I'm just going to be able to speak it again. So I'm just going to put myself into like a mother's group that is like Chinese speaking. And so anyway, long story short, I didn't have the time to do that. Yeah. But we got to, because I host workshops. So then we hosted a workshop in Taiwan. Cool. Amazingly, it just went there. And then I had a translator. Mm -hmm. And eventually, because of time constraint, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to start speaking to you in Chinese. Mm. <laughs> and I just keep saying, do you understand what I'm saying? Do you understand what I'm saying? <laughs> anyway, yeah. And it was all right? It worked? It worked. Okay. Um, I mean, I, I just keep saying that whatever is yeah. originating from the heart, when it reaches another heart, yeah. like 
people just get it. So even though we had the language problems yeah. and stuff, we did share some, you know, happy tears, mm-hmm. some fulfillment kind of tears, like a sense of finding, refinding purpose, and yeah. all of that in the photography workshop. So it was a very successful workshop. Yeah. How? Despite how? That. How? How? Um. Because you say you did ten weddings a year, right? Yes. How tiring is doing one wedding? Because I know that you have the post-production as well. You got to yes. edit all the video, uh, the photos yes. and everything. Yes, yes. I mean, that is why I wanted to do 10 weddings because I'm very intentional about the experience that I want to give my clients. I think this is like something that grows with me. I used to do like up to 30 weddings a year. Mm. And then I just realized that, you know what? I can't give my clients the love that I want to give them. I can't spoil them with my time with, you know, with experience because I can't afford the time. So then I just wanted to do 10. So, what was the question? <laughs> no, is it, is it tiring? Is it, good? Is it tiring? Yes. So, it yeah, exactly. Work? So it was tiring because, I mean, the day itself is very long. The pre-production was very long. You know, getting to know my client's stories and getting to know their wishes. And then preparing, even preparing for to head out to a wedding. It takes me two hours. And then the day before, just seeing everything in my mind, pre-visualizing, mm-hmm. like just immersing myself in it. And then after that, there is the, you know, the editing and whatnot. Yeah, it is a big, it, it is a big job, but but it's worth it. So how I do you choose which it. clients you want to help? Um, I don't choose. They kind of like come to me. Oh, yeah. <laughs> But if you're only selecting 10, right? I'm, I don't select them. Oh. So they come. Yes. And then I think I'm very happy with how my brand is seen and perceived outside. Mm. So I tend to attract the right kind of clients. Yeah. And then, you know, when everything lines up, it's it's like it's like finding a soulmate. Like you don't, I mean, yeah. you do kind of select your partner, but... Yeah. <laughs> Like, it just falls into place. And then when I have 10, then I'm st- I stop and I said I don't have space anymore. Mm. It's a relationship, though, with the, yeah. with the bride and also the groom as well. Yes. Do you find, have there been like crazy situations where you go, I can't do this. This is too much. You know, one day at church, someone said to me, Amelia, not Amelia, but it felt like it was speaking to me. Your most difficult relationships are your biggest opportunities. And I was like, no, that's not for me. (laughs) (laughs) And then eventually I just learned that, and this was hard for me to swallow. There are no difficult clients. We just need to grow Mm. to be able to manage them. Mm. And, and at the end of the day, it's all about client expectations. And I do have like interesting requests, like someone to remove their collarbone shadows. And to me, that is like, Interesting, you know? Wow. Yeah, like removing every single wrinkle on their wedding dress. Right. Right? Yeah. And um, But then eventually again, it's about... I found that nowadays, if I explain to my client with honesty and integrity, they can accept it. Mm. Like I would say for a dress not to have wrinkles, it's just not real. Mm. And you don't... Do you want... So I don't say you should not do that. I just say that, do you want your dress to... And not have wrinkles mm. because it will, sh- you know, it won't look real. And if they insist to say yes, then I said, um, I don't do that, but I can refer you to someone who can do that and I'll get a quote for you. Yeah, okay. So then I don't end up doing something that I don't enjoy because it doesn't re- represent what I do. That's true. Yeah. 
do you uh, do when people get the photos and then mm-hmm. they re-edit them and then post yes, them? Does yes. that affect you as a creative? You know, again, sometimes you have to pick your battles. Mm. I thankfully. I believe my clients love me for my work, for my style, which is consistent. So they know what they're going to get. Yeah. Early in my journey, I do have people who just alter things, right? But then now I don't anymore because people knows what they want to get and they get what they want to get. Yeah. So there's no reason for them to alter it or change it, whatnot. Yeah. So, but when it does, I'm like, you know what? Just, I sometimes just close one eyes and just keep yeah. going, you know? Yeah. Oh, this is not worth the yeah, not worth the pain. And so far, I don't really have clients who does that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, what percentage of you would say that your daily in and out, so your business, yeah, is actual photography, mm-hmm. and then all of the other things that you're doing? Twenty percent, maybe. Photography. Yes. And then eighty percent is other things. Other things. Yeah. So this is how you scale the photography kind of. Yes. Okay. Yes, I always always work on the business so whether it's um, meeting new people whether it's um, refining my brand whether it's creating opportunities like I'm always working on the business Mm -hmm. and trying you know how can I do my editing more efficiently how can I you know manage the clients more efficiently always trying to find ways to refine 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 Mm -hmm. so that I can try and you know do more and be a better mom and wife and, and that's right. And then so you got to stop at a particular time and yeah. say, hey, look, you know what? Now yeah. i got to look after my child. Yes. Yeah. That's, yes. A, that's a juggle, especially in the yes, beginning, right? Okay. So I'm at the stage yeah. of life where I, got, I have business and I have yes. all of this stuff, right? Yes. What is, it, what is it like when you first have a kid and you're doing all of this? Like, where does the attention go? Oh, my goodness. It's a big question. You know what? I, I just... I just learned that we all need to get good at accepting that life is going to come. Like waves will come at you. We just need to accept it. And there is no way to master the wave riding before it comes. So just ride the wave. Mm. Just ride the wave and do your best. Go and find help if you can, if you need to. But try your best and you need to trust that you've got what it takes. Because, I mean, the Bible says that he will not give you more than what you can bear. Yes. So just trust that. Trust that process. If you're struggling, you know what? Then this can stop. My client can wait one more day and that's absolutely fine. Mm-hmm. If my child is sick and I need to care for this child for a whole week, then I'll just be honest and tell my client, my child is sick. I'm so sorry. Can I cancel this? And most likely, they will be fine. Mm. Sometimes we just put so much pressure on ourselves. And it's not necessary. Mm. What's your um? Mm. What's your if you had a message for young photographers that are coming into yes. the industry, what would you say to them? Oh my gosh, you need to find your why. I'm why? saying you're young, by the way. You're, no. you're, you're <laughs> I, I'm in denial that I've reached number four. <laughs> Honestly, but yeah, go on. Sorry. Creative industry is not easy because you're dealing with, you know, you're creating. And then you're opening this door for people to kind of like judge you. So to grow out of that, to allow people to kind of like say, I like or don't like your work, you have a lot of growing to do. But you have no choice. You have to grow into that. But going through that is painful. So knowing your why you're doing your why is going to carry you through that. 
So if you don't have a why, why are you telling stories? Why are you choosing photography? The money is not the money reason is not going to cut it. Mm. So go and know your why, and secondly, just keep following your heart. Create what makes you happy, and that is going to eventually help you define your style mm-hmm. and make you just someone unique. And then where does storytelling come come in for you there? So as mm-hmm. a creator in yep. photography, yes. How does that storytelling come into that into into that business into that what yep. you do your craft? Yes. So, oh my goodness, so many stories to tell. I'll we have all all <laughs> here, as much time as you need. Okay. Well, we can do a separate second episode as well if you want. <laughs> I have two very important stories that I feel kind of like define what I do. Please. And again, you know, for. Any young photographers or creatives listening to this, you just have to know that it's gonna be a process. It's not like figuring things out from day one. It's not gonna happen. Just accept it. Go ride the wave. Just go and ride the wave yeah. and keep going. Follow your heart. So the first story is um, my biggest why. So for many, 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 many years, I've just been shooting beautiful things, and I started shooting fashion campaigns. So it's just like beautiful things, you know, just creating beautiful things, beautiful models, you know, at weddings. It's just beauty. Like I'm mm. just creating beauty. And then I photographed a wedding, and she is a beautiful darling friend. She ended up being my one of my closest friend now. So she was a bride, and because she's very close, like we're super close, um, she started sharing with me stories about um, her days at work. And she will share stories about how Amelia, we almost lost this guy, but we brought him back. And I was helping this guy get throat cancer out of him. Amelia, do you know that the most powerful, empowering thing you can do for a woman going through cancer and losing their breast is for them to choose, excuse me, like my nipple color, because it's so empowering to them. And I hear all these stories, and I'm like, oh my goodness, you're saving lives. And here I am, just vanity, (laughs) making things look beautiful. You know, like what I do is just a want, not a need. And at that time, that was the time where I was actually starting to feel burnt out. Because I feel like I'm just creating beautiful things. Like I don't feel inspired. I don't feel... My clients are happy and I, you know, for all of my clients during that time, I used to give them all my best and I have... Like, they're happy, and I'm happy, and I yeah. still love them. Um, but I was going through that at the back of my mind. And then in 2018, I'm not kidding, I think it was seven or eight people in my circle who passed away. Oh, wow. And then, like, my grandpa, my grandma, um, and then, like, a family uncle, and the nanny who brought us up, and there is also a friend of a friend. But... Um, her story was really shook me and I wept for a long time because they lost a little baby and that little baby was the same age as my little baby. So it was, you know, it hits. It hit, yeah, yeah. It hits. It was very personal. Because it was an, a tragic accident. And she said her biggest regret was that they have no family photo. And... All of the families 
I lost my father-in-law as well, my dear father-in-law. And everyone was looking for pictures. And the pictures that was the most valuable are not the ones looking at the camera. They're the hugs, the big laughters. Mm. And then, then that's when I realized, you know what? I don't save lives, but I save legacies. <laughs> that changed my life. <laughs> that was a revelation. And since then, I just felt such a sense of responsibility to create. And, you know, when I'm doing like a fashion campaign, like I just photographed a beautiful lady who does like beautiful accessories, like the beautiful things. But what do I see beyond that? I, I saw her love for nature. So when I photograph that campaign, I don't just like, okay, go beauty, makeup, whatever. Like I try to give her an experience that I see what she's creating. Mm. So it's like I make her, I do whatever I could to make her feel like I see her. I see what she's trying to create. I see that what she creates comes out of her heart for her love for the gardens. And then it went into these beautiful, delicate earrings and crowns and whatnot. Yeah. So that's, that's the, that's that why, that right. why, that, that's, Isn't wow. That crazy? So I just love sharing this story because I want to encourage photographers that, you know, you have a really powerful tool. It's really beyond vanity. Mm. And I have so many stories. <laughs> Episode number two. <laughs> the stories of storytelling. But there are just so many stories that, you know, well, maybe I'll tell you the third one later Please. if we have time. No, but the second one, yeah, no, no, no. the second story that I wanted to tell yeah. about storytelling is, um, so one day I was in France. I was driving with a new friend, Matt, because I am still working on my skills driving a manual car on the opposite side of the road. That's my bucket list this year. But anyway, so I have this beautiful new friend who was driving me to this um, beautiful florist's house so I can do a brand photo shoot for her. And on the way, he was asking me, Amelia, as a photographer, do you prefer to shoot documentary style or a posing style? And I get this a lot. Do you post your clients? And then I said to him, you know what? There are like times when you shoot in a documentary style or in a posing style. I call it directing style, not posing style. Um, but I photograph in a storytelling style. He goes, what do you mean? I said, you will see. So, so when I go and embrace a project, yeah. I, I see that every story is birthed from the heart, right? It's from like a business, you know, like it, it always comes from something like your business. Right. It's got to come from passion, right? Passion, heart. Something that wakes you. Exactly. Yeah. Gets you out of bed. Yes. So I, I will not talk about the microphone if I was shooting your story. I would talk about why. So, and this might be a conversation with um, your wife. So then your wife have to be in your brand photo shoot. It's got to do with Disney. So somehow Disney needs to make an experience, um, an appearance. Right. So this is going to be more than beyond, beyond like Nathan wearing the mic, you know, wearing these headphones and the mic. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It has to go beyond that. So that's how I photograph. And so then I've talked to, um, this beautiful florist and I said to her, I need to know, um, items that, that have stories within them because I see photographs 
as vessels of conversations. One day when my clients, you know, are sharing these beautiful wedding photographs with their children, I don't want them to just say, Mommy, you look beautiful. Mommy, that's a beautiful dress. I want you to be able to say that earrings is what grandmother gifted me. And do you want to know something about your grandmother? You know, that photo is like a gateway to just open a way of... It gives us the stories and conversations and it's a gift from the past to the future. It's just a, such a beautiful thing. So mm. I always have that mindset when storytelling. So then um, this florist then said to me, Amelia, look at this, this little bath. So she's got flowers on the bath. She goes, this is actually where um, my grandmother's baby bath. Oh, the, like, mm -hmm. no, okay. Yeah, it's like a, a vintage um, metal bath. Yeah. And she said, my grandmother used to be bath here. And my grandmother is the one who gave me the love of flowers. Wow. And then all her flowers were there in that, you know, beautiful vessel. And she picked one up and then she was stroking them. She smelled them. So that is a story. Yeah. You know, I don't pause her. I didn't tell her to, you know, like I might do that, but to help. But the stories is the heart and the essence of it all. Yeah. I don't just, you know, sometimes people say, do you, will you help to direct us? Do we just do whatever we want? You know, I'm like, no, no, no. We work together. It's like dancing. We have to work together. I need to see your stories and then I will try and capture it the most aesthetically beautiful and meaningful way possible. But it's a two-way thing. Mm. So, so as I directed that scene, talking to her about that bath and grandmother, she started to do stuff. That's when I might go into documentary style. Yeah. And then I'll go back into directing, say, how does that flower smell? And then she will smell it. So I don't go put that flower on your nose. Close your eyes and smell, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you're asking, you're driving for the emotion behind yes, it, right? Yes, And then she took me to her studio. And this is when it was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. So then um, she showed me uh, a pair of scissors. And she said to me that, you know, this scissors has the name of a boy. And she said that um, this actually belonged to my little nephew. And he passed away. Oh. And it was a very sad story. But I really love him. So then um, we... I use these scissors every day. When I'm cutting flowers, I think about him. And like it just, I don't know, help her to be... Heartful, I suppose, in sure. what she's creating. And when I look at her work, I was just talking to a wedding planner about her yesterday. And she's like... This florist is just a beautiful soul. And mm. I'm not I'm not surprised. Because mm. her heart is so it is manifested in the way she does things. So then anyway, um I said, May I use this scissors so that we can create a tribute for this little boy and then we will show this photograph to the mom. Just to tell the mom that we are thinking about her. Because I love doing flat lace and stuff. So then, you know, we took all the flowers that um, this beautiful lady has. And then there was a little beautiful perfume that belongs to the grandmother. So as we were creating this, um, our tears starts to fall. And then I looked at Matt. And Matt, like, he's like, I think I understand. 
what you're saying by photographing in a storytelling way. You just go and embrace the heart and then capture the story once that heart comes out. Mm. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So you create the moment, mm. let the memory come. Yeah. And then when the moment is right, yeah. then that's the moment that you capture. Yeah. That's with, that legacy you're talking about, yes, right? With, with rawness, with honesty, with um, genuinity. Mm. And, and then after that, we went to a secret forest, her secret forest. Okay. And we photographed her and her dog, you know, in nature. And then when we left, she actually said to me, Amelia, I've been doing floristry for so long. And that experience we just had together made me remember my first love with flowers. And it inspires me to create again. Wow. And isn't that amazing? How did that make you feel? Like, I think I'm doing something right in life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So is there a moment for you that you are reminded of to make sure that you continue to do what you're doing? Yeah. So this is the third story. So I do photograph like the most beautiful, magical weddings, like in this French Riviera. It's so incredible in a big, beautiful villa. So I photograph that. And then at the same time, I also photograph. A few weeks ago, I got a phone call. No, an email saying that, um, Amelia, my friend has stage four brain cancer. Oh. Oh, can you, would you be able to photograph her? Her family's coming. I wanted to surprise her with a photo session. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, how am I going to make this happen? Because I was flying to Italy on Wednesday and I got the email on Friday. Yeah. How do I do this? And my husband was in Canberra. So I'm single momming with two kids. <laughs> I was like, how do I do this? But how do I say no? Right? I, I can't say no to this because, you know, I, I just felt a sense of I, I this is something that I need to do. So, okay, I'm embarrassed to say this again. Can you ask your question again so I can go yeah. back to what did you say? What wakes you up? What wakes you up? What yes, keeps sorry, you? Sorry, sorry. Like, what reminds you? Yes. See, this is like not enough sleep mode. Me too. Don't worry. <laughs> so, so then I, okay, it's a long story, but when when we finish that photo shoot mm. maybe i'll share the last scene the last scene i turned on like uh, a dance music the trolls i got the feeling or something oh yeah, yeah, yeah. can you sing that can't stop this feeling can't stop this feeling yeah, yeah, do you want to sing one. that <laughs> i don't really like hearing myself <laughs> i've just gotten over hearing myself talk <laughs> I'll, I'll save the singing for spotify okay. So anyway, we put that song on and then they started dancing, twirling, and I saw this beautiful mom picked up her five-year-old kid, you know, flip her upside down and I'm like, she's so strong. She doesn't look like someone who had, you know, is fighting stage four brain cancer. And then the friend walked, you know, stood next to me and said, Amelia, do you know that a few months ago after her operation, she can't move half of her body. Oh. She worked so hard and now she can do this. This is like, and I looked at her, I'm like, you know, she could have just said, the doctors gave me this much time because it is what it is. And she could have just like, such is life. Don't worry about it. Yeah. But she lived as if she's going to defeat whatever is going to come her way. 
she defied everything, you know, and we captured that. And um, when she closed, when they were walking out of the house, I saw her limping. And that was when I just closed the door and just broke for two hours. Just like feeling so in awe at this mom's courage that despite the label or whatnot, she's gonna keep, she's gonna give her best. And the photos is gonna give her the moral support, the strength of visible and tangible um, manifestation of this is what she's fighting for. And that is just so beautiful and that wakes me up. That inspires me that, you know, yes, I'm shooting all these magical enchanting things that looks like fairy tales and dreams, but this is also real life. And this real life also have dreams mm. in a different form, mm. but they are equally dreams, like showing courage and stuff. So, so yeah. So now that you've seen, so you take photos of babies mm. and you also yes. take people photos of when people are towards the latter end of their life. Yes. In your opinion, mm. in your view, mm. what is the meaning of life? I'm still asking that question every day. <laughs> and you know what? It's okay to say I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know what is the meaning of life. One day when I see Jesus, I'm going to ask him, like, seriously, God, <laughs> all this trouble, what is it for? You know, I will ask him. But one thing I know is kind of like how to live life. Because I find that living that way gives me joy and help me find uh, a sense of like it's worth it. And that is like, you know, giving all your dreams a chance. Mm. Because I felt like all those dreams are put there for a reason. For you to impact, you know. People say the world, but your world might be just this, your wife, just this one person next to you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, I'm choked up. <laughs> I'm choked up. Drink your tea. Drink no, your tea. Drink my, drink my freaking damn tea it's like so so, <laughs> so why why did you choose to photograph uh, to do photography in europe as well but why not just okay. stick with australia so um i think wanting to be a more effective mom is the biggest like i said it's all about a journey and it's never been like i want to be in france it's how can i be a more present mom because I don't want to photograph 30 weddings. I can't do it. Mm -hmm. I just can't do it, especially with a newborn now, second child. So then I said, okay, so in this case, I just want to shoot 10 weddings and I have to triple my price. You know, but how do I triple my price? Well, I need to go and refine my brand. How do I refine my brand? When I need to find new inspiration of my brand, how do I inspire, you know, how do I find new inspiration? And then that's when I'm like, you know what? I really love France. It really inspires me. So I'm like such a heartful kind of person. And when I see all these details on the French architecture, I just felt like these buildings has been touched by love. It's been touched by artisans who are carving and creating yeah. all these beautiful things. So I felt like it's like love everywhere on the building. It's not plain walls. Mm. It's not the easy way. It's the intentional way. And so I felt like I need to go to France. So then I just, and I count, I create like a timeline because I felt like I'm going to start, stop shooting perhaps at 45 might change. <laughs> That's like five years to go. Because <laughs> like physically, I'm not going to be like a 25 years old anymore. Yeah. But maybe with Pilates, it's going to be different. I don't know. <laughs> hey, 
my wife does Pilates just four times a week, so. Okay, thanks for inspiring me. Keep going. <laughs> Keep going. It's awesome. Yeah, so then when I calculate it backwards, I'm like, I need to go to France next year. So then I said to my husband, I think I need to go. And he said, then you go. Nice. Like, I think Lex started to, I, I call him the enabler. Like he freaks out at my crazy dreams, but he loves me for my crazy dreams. Yeah. Because when I freak out at my own crazy dreams, by that time he's already hold, like he's already caught the dream, and he will go, go, keep going. You know. So it's like. What a man! <laughs> I feel like a terrible husband sometimes. <laughs> Can we go to Europe? That's what Jan always says. Can we go to Europe? Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Just go and buy the tickets before you change your mind. That's right. That's right. And you know what? Looking back, oh my goodness, that was 2019, four years ago. And I've been wanting to go to Europe, but we just keep getting pregnant. <laughs> when we wanted to go, oh, it's a good time to go, oh, I'm pregnant with Liam. Wanted to go, oh, I'm pregnant with Sky. You know, but you know what? There's never a good time. You want to go, just go. I just go. What's the big deal? It's probably going to take two weeks off your life. Work can wait, just go and come back. You'll be a different person. Work will benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah, so that's how it happened. And I'm just so grateful. I can't imagine life without friends in it now. Yeah. Don't think I will move there mm-hmm. because I want to be close to family. But yeah, I can't live without either or. Yeah. When you when you go to friends, mm. uh, do you have someone on that end to pick you up, organize everything and do all that stuff? Mm. Well, I do have people that I could hire and contractors and assistants that we can hire and vendors that we can, you know, that I could, you know, ask for recommendations yeah. and stuff. So, so far, yes. Yeah, so it's not like I go there and then it's like, uh-oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but there's also growing. There's also growing to do. And that's why I'm like, you know what? I have to be able to drive a manual car this year. Right. So things come your way, good things come your way. It's like babies. Just think about it as babies. You know, everything is provided. That's like God's grace period for you. Then go and do some growing up. Because otherwise, you're going to be stuck as a baby and you will never grow. Yeah. So go and take ownership and go and be more. Yeah. Go and learn how to drive. Go and learn how to, you know, yeah. speak the language. I'm trying super hard. <laughs> no, it's good. Actually, I'll, there's another question, but I'm curious. Now, speaking of languages, yeah. I know that you say you want to learn more of the languages yes. and stuff like that. And you told me Mandarin before. Yes. If you could wake up tomorrow and yes. you were to be able to read and write any language in the world, yes. just one, you can yes. choose one. Well, which one would you choose? Francis. Really? We? Oui? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I just, I just felt like um, it's very like I, I felt very relatable to the, to the quietness of the language. It's not a shouty language. Yeah. It's a sophisticated kind of language, and it's a, there is a funny story. Mm-hmm. So my wedding planner friend went with the bride to go and look at places. And then, um, and then the bride said, "Oh my goodness! Look at, look at that couple. They're so in love. They're speaking French. It's so beautiful." She goes, "They're actually breaking up." <laughs> and the bride was like, "Really? Because their language is so soft, and and so gentle." Yeah. And I felt like I loved that. Yeah. Yeah. Not like Cantonese. <laughs> 
Indonesian and like what? <laughs> I love the traditional Javanese language. I find that ah, yeah. it's really soft. Yeah. But I just don't know how to speak it. <laughs> <laughs> and and then so when you went to so you said you started going to Europe in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. COVID was next year. Yes. How did you pivot your business then? Oh my god. So 2019, I felt like I had to really be super brave and went and I went. And then I came back and then we got some of this, you know, beautiful projects lined up for 2020. And then it's like the carpet just get pulled out under my feet. It was all gone. And I was very devastated. And, And then I had to see a therapist. That was like, you know, this is one thing I recommend as well. Like, if you have a headache, go and find a doctor or take Panadol, right? If you have like a, a mind headache, then go and talk to a professional. Yeah. The, the right professional. So anyway, then at that time, I honestly don't know what to do. And, you know, there's the lockdowns and we can't plan. Mm-hmm. So, you know what? Again, just ride the wave. And just look at what is there for you to do right now. And at that time for us, it was building and renovating our home. Mm. And like all stars eventually line up. But um, I had a strong vision for the house. We hired an interior designer. But communication breakdown was so bad. And my husband said, Lexit, I do not want to work with someone like this. So then we lost a lot of money and the designer. And... And then Lex was like, just do it. Because I had a strong vision, but I was scared to take it to the crossing line, you know. So that's why I wanted to hire someone to kind of like give me permission to go. Yeah, that's a good choice. This is a good choice, you know, whatnot. So anyway, then I ended up doing it. And, And then because of that, we built Summer Hope House. And that became the pivot. Because from that, we gave birth to Lex's new business. And... We get so many requests of people who wants to copy and paste Summer Hope House to their house. So now we're doing residentials and commercials, like in the midst of all these crazy things. Yeah. So yeah, it gave birth to a new business and um, it gave me, and then it gave birth to like a new um, opportunity, which is like to have a space that gathers people. Yeah. So like this place is so amazing, you know, yeah. and our place gathers dreamers. So we have small businesses who wants a beautiful backdrop that feels European um, for their branding shoots or product shoots. So they shoot it at Summer Hope House. Yeah. And it's been giving them so much joy. It gives me like new friendships. Yeah. And then um, I'm also able to bring work home. So that was the biggest thing. When we designed the house, I wanted to create a space that is easy to photograph because there's a lot of light. Yeah. So I decided from that angle so that I can spend more time with the children instead of like traveling out to go and do photos at my client's house or on location. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But at home, if I have it all controlled, like everybody wins and it's been working so well. Yeah. Yeah. So now that you're around your children more when mm-hmm. you work, mm-hmm. does that rub off onto them? Do you find that they're more creative, that they're more yes. entrepreneurial? I think so. That they challenge mm-hmm. status quo and all of that? Yeah. I think, I mean, they're still super young. Yeah. How old are they? So you got a mm-hmm. newborn? Got a, no, no, that, no, newborn sky, four sky, years ago. Oh, guys. <laughs> so so I've got five four. and eight. Five and eight. Okay. I got five and eight. They just became braver. And that's why we took them to Europe with us. Mm. And... Yeah, I just felt like our kids are 
you know, really turn on. Yeah. And they know what work is. And we are very intentional about showing them that work is fun. Like work, yes, we have to do work. But there is a reason for work. We don't want to hate work. Mm. And work is just part of chasing dreams. And, you know, we can live in this beautiful home. We can go and travel. It's because we work hard too and we chase dreams and we make impact. Right. So, yeah. And then when it comes to, um, I mean, when it comes to things that you have to say no to now. Oh, my God, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Where do you find that, I mean, where do you find those boundaries then? Because mm-hmm. I know that you as a dreamer, yes. from what okay, from what it sounds like, one of the, the core values that you really love to embrace is the ability to adapt, right? Mm-hmm. You think adapt, I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that adaptability is massive for you, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So whatever situation comes to be able to kind of shift and move and not yes. get too caught up in the, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. the, the strict, like has to be this way, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then when, like, now you've got kids, like, you've got so many things that are happening as well. Like how do you then go, okay, these are my boundaries. Um, like I really want to do this, but I have to give this up because of this. Yes. Is there a rule for you or is there a thought process around that? Well, number one is that someone told me that saying no is just going to grow your yes. So that's kind of like a win already. Okay. What does that mean? It means when you say no to something, that means your yes it's not going to have to compromise because now you, if you say yes to everything, then your yes became very diluted. Okay. okay. And you can only give a little bit of time here, a little bit of time here. You okay. know what I mean? So being intentional about being able to say no means you're protecting your yes so that your yes becomes strong. Mm. So that is one thing. So that is like one of the things that I try to filter through my mind. Mm-hmm. Is this, if I say yes to this, is it going to dilute this today, for example? Mm-hmm. And... When it starts to take joy out of my heart, that's when I'm like, I think this is a no. Uh, and you know what? The beautiful friends that I have, despite me saying no to them five times, mm-hmm. they will still show up in my life. Yeah. 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 How, as someone in your 40s now, like, mm-hmm. what does your friendship circle look like? So I just had a 40th birthday party and I had... 38 beautiful women who can make it to Summer Hope House to celebrate my birthday. It's the first time I celebrated my birthday since 23 years ago. Whoa! And I looked at all of my beautiful... So I made it into a gratitude party because honestly, at 40, I felt like I've finally grown up. So I grew up just so insecure trying to find my path, you know? Not fitting in and just trying to figure things out on my own. And it was really difficult. But... Every single person who were there had a role to play to make me who I am. And so then I invited all of them just so I can say thank you to them. And I looked at these women, like all these women, and I'm just like, you know what? Everyone came from like such a wide variety of my chapter in life. And and they're just so beautiful, like school from school moms to a beautiful friend who wasn't an Olympian to, you know, this beautiful florist who couldn't make it, but she affirmed my calling. Mm -hmm. And to this doctor who refined my purpose. Mm. Like all these beautiful people turn up. And yeah, so that's my friendship circle. 
That's and so yeah, so because because I know that there are some people that say my friendship circle is really only four people. Yeah, right? you know what? It's really interesting because I intentionally try to shrink them, so I can give um, quality time, like quality friendships, right? Yeah. But you know what? It is possible to have forty women so close to your heart. Yeah. Because I think it's the amount of heart that you give to each person when you spend time with them. I, I agree with you. Like when you, mm. I have a friend, mm. he is so busy, right? Yeah. He's phone, everything, right? He does, he's his own business. But when you're with him, right? When you're speaking to them, mm. 120%. Yeah. Yeah. Until the next thing takes him away. But that 120% in that 30 seconds yes. is better than one hour exactly. with someone who's just like, oh, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. yes. And that bond is enough to sustain you guys so that they're in your inner circle tribe. Yes. You know, speaking of like attention, right? There yep. was a, um, I've been to restaurants before and I've seen that as well, like Kingsford and you know, yep. there's a lot of the like, Burwood, um, a lot of like, Asian couples, right? They're young, they're uni students mm. and they'll sit down, like the boyfriend will sit down with the girlfriend yes. and the whole time they're playing games or they're texting. Mm. And the only time they talk um, is when they're ordering food. Like, oh, what do you want? What do you want? What do you want? <laughs> it's so sad. And so mm. my wife and I started doing this. So when we go out to, and I actually learned this from, I think it was Judah Smith or something yep. like that. Yeah. Um, when we go out to dinner, we'll take one phone and we'll take that phone for emergency. I that. Yeah. And then so the other phone, we'll just leave it in the car because we don't need to, I mean, this no. is my time with my wife, right? I like that. That's a great idea. Yeah. Thank you for sharing. That's all right. I'm going to adopt that for sure. Just, just give it a go. Yes. Yeah, just give it a go. Because it's very easy. Like when you, you have a phone, yes. do they have a phone? Yes. And then so, oh, oh, okay. Someone messaged me or something like that. Yes. Yeah. But if you have one person on the phone, the other person's like, oh, nothing. Yeah, like, yeah, you'll uh, put it down. Excuse me. Hello, I'm ready. Right <laughs> yeah, try it. It might yes, make a difference. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Okay, it, okay. It, in marriage, right, mm. do you protect um, date nights and stuff like that? We don't have family members here, so it's super hard to do it. Oh, okay, yeah. But, um, but what Lex and I do now for each other, because, I mean, we work together all the time, so... Like in the in Summer Hope House, we work there together. So we see each other a lot and we do go out for lunch and stuff. But so perhaps because of that, we don't really have like date nights, whatnot, because we see each other all the time and we have meals together a lot. Mm -hmm. And we do talk about stuff a lot during those times. But what we do for each other is we give each other space to go and have a getaway. Okay. That's, we're quite protective of that. So Lex will just go to Canberra for five days yep. just to give him a break and go and just recover. Mm -hmm. And then he will send me off, even for a night, an overnight stay somewhere. Nice. On my birthday, he will actu he actually stayed at a hotel yeah. so I can have two nights at home without the kids because he wanted me to not feel needed, or just to focus on me. What a man. I like yeah. that. Thanks, Lex. I'm taking yes. that. And it, it has it has really helped us. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. Mm -hmm. And because I, I can imagine... So one of my other episodes, I spoke to a friend of mine mm -hmm. who uh, runs a jewelry business and he has um, he works with his wife 24-7 and they have two kids as well. Um, and he goes, yeah, the whole time we're focused on the business. Like, mm -hmm. It's 24-7, like his phone is always on. I think even in the episode, as soon as he said, my phone is always on, I... 10 seconds later, someone called him like, <laughs> and, and he's, and I said, do you need a break? And he goes, yeah, but we're okay. Like, mm -hmm. so long as you guys give each other that time and stuff like that. So I, I don't know. I, 
I, I think I'll figure it out. As yeah, I think everyone will have a different way of doing things. Yeah. I mean, you will know when something is not right in a marriage. Then go do something yeah. about it. You yeah. know. That's right. Okay. Mm. Um. Really, really curious. Yes. When I went to Japan, and this is one thing I talked. Yes. I spoke to you about. So when I went, so. You know, okay, now you know I'm a big Disney nut, right? Yes. So I go to all the Disney parks. I've seen what those people, what different countries, different cultures are like. Yes. In America, the Disney parks, the people go there and they do the rides, they eat. They might take maybe five or ten photos yes. in a day and that's it. Yes. When I went to Japan and when I went to Shanghai, people look for photo spots, right? And... In America, when they have someone that's working at Disneyland and they're the photographers, official photographer, you might line up in front of the castle and they'll take maybe three photos mm -hmm. and then they can scan the photo to you and that's yep. it. But when I was in Japan, the photographers, they would spend like five minutes with the couple. They said, okay, now you do this, another person do this. <laughs> yeah? oh, so or, and then they show the camera, do you like this one? Do you like this one? Okay, cool. Now you stand here and so do all... And I realized that the photography culture in, in, in Japan in, or in Asia is so much yes. different to... It, it's all about the photo spots, the moments, the, the looking good and all that stuff. When you take photos with clients and stuff like yes. that, do you notice a difference between different cultures? <clears throat> so maybe like Western people will be yes. more like this. Yes. Asian people might. Well, my... Caucasian clients never understood why my Asian clients would have a full day engagement shoots. Oh yeah. So I'll have a full on whole day editorial and the the Americans will just want to have an hour. It's just different. Yeah. Yeah, it's just different. Do you know why? Um I feel like this is a big question. Let me think. When I when I was having dinner with my friend who is she's Korean and her partner is French, they never take selfies. They never take food photos. They live in the moment. I I don't know and I mean this is open for discussion. Of course. I wonder if it's because in the Western culture, people are more open to the idea of self-expression so that they don't have to have the need to take photos of everything. Like, like they're inside is enough, whereas the Asians, because we are more... I don't know. I don't know if this is making sense. We are more like taught not to speak so much. So, so then we have a more need to take pictures to share sure that's you know yeah well my philosophy especially when i go on holiday so mm -hmm. the so the so our trip that we just went on yeah 15 days yes. right 13 days in japan two days in singapore over those 15 days i took about 2000 photos yes right and in my album my top my favorite ones that i edited already yeah 884 photos yes but what I realized is that all my photos, they're yeah. not photos of food or they're not photos of like landscapes. They're photos of me and my wife together in a location. I must have yes. a picture of like we have to be in the photo. Yes. I think capturing the moment and the memory for me because mm. later on, these photos are going to go on my TV. And when it's on screen, like, yes. like a, what do you call it, like a slideshow? Yes. Like, I'm going to remember these memories and they're yes. going to help remind me, inspire me. Like, hey, why am yes. I doing this? You know, do I want to go on another trip? Okay, cool. Do I need to work harder? Do I need to... 
And so I think that's what those memories are for me. You know what? Like, um, yeah, I, I agree with you. And also, I think because I don't know whether in the Western culture we are like very encouraged to have fun, but in the Asian culture, we like you have to study all the time. Right. So being in the photo spots and it's kind of like I'm enjoying life mm. because we never had that growing up. Mm. Because we're more starved <laughs> socially. I don't know. But it's our Asian culture. I, I yeah. It's like I don't have time for this stuff. Let's just work. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking about my grandpa, right? Just work, work, work. Yeah, like it's not important, but these kids, we want to have fun. Yeah. So then we're taking selfies all the time because we never had that. Yeah, is that why you think that? No idea. Do you have you seen those old like old traditional photos, like the black yes. and white ones yes. of, from like the back in like the 1930s and 40s? Yes. Everyone's just standing like in one spot and they're just like this and they, yes. don't, they don't smile. Yes. But now, I mean, if you look at 2023 yeah everyone's like hey. yes yeah even in family photos like when we had a family photo by portrait a few years ago mm-hmm. um on, on my dad's side mm-hmm. my like we were trying to force my grandpa like just smile just smile and he's like, <laughs> like can you be more natural yeah i i don't know do you do you notice a trend like, is there is there a reason why back then it was so like so kind of like strict about that and well in my very simple mind, I just imagine that in the past you use large format camera, so you don't have the luxury to you know take ten shots, might risking it not you know being blurry whatnot. Storytelling, so right? There was none of that. No, so their story is pretty much the existence of these people. Yes, I think that's what it is. Whereas in the Western countries, you see these people playing; they're not afraid to lose. I don't know. What do you mean by they're not afraid to lose? Because they just take photos of like whatever, whoever doing stuff. Yeah. Do you notice there's a trend of um, people bringing back the uh, Kodak cameras, yes. the film cameras? Yes. I don't know what is there. Why is it? Why why is that coming back? In your opinion? Okay, so this is. I still feel like I don't have an answer to our last conversation. It's okay. There's never going to be an answer. We <laughs> yeah. adapt. Yeah. Sorry. I actually don't have an answer. But all I know is that. Um, People that I photograph, we seem to treat them all the same. Like they, they respond the same to the way we do things, which is the heart of storytelling. Yeah. But what they do in their personal life seems to be, yeah, maybe different. I don't know. So anyway. Okay. But so, Kodak, Kodak cameras. Kodak cameras. So Kodak cameras. Um, or film. When So I'm actually a film photographer now. Oh. And that is one of my... Um, unique point of difference so when i was feeling burnt out i went and learned from like a film photographer a wedding film photographer and um and then that's what kind of i feel like that's what saved my journey because with film camera um you have a price tag for every shutter that you click and when you have something to lose you think twice before clicking Whereas with digital camera, you just, you know, because you have nothing to lose. And then you spend most of the time looking behind the camera to see if you've got the shot or not. Mm. So that sense of like, I have no choice but to be an artist and just focus on the composition, the story, click it and just keep moving on instead of like, uh-uh, there is no way to look at the back of the camera anyway. So that kind of like slows me down. And then it gives us a very beautiful, you know, 
gives us beautiful colors and the process is beautiful because there is some sort of weight before you get the film back so i think maybe that's what is attracting people the weight the slow yeah the process and the reward mm. because the photos that comes back they're real beautiful photos there is a difference between film and digital photos like if you've seen enough of both of them like there is that sense of romance with the film there's no instant gratification no yeah when it comes to film cameras yeah actually now they made me think about it i remember they were, i was sitting on the train mm-hmm. um maybe it was in singapore i was sitting on the train in singapore and i was looking and i think the girl was just going through her photos uh and her boyfriend must have taken it for her but literally she was going like this and scrolling and scrolling and it was just the same freaking photo the whole time it was just she took like a thousand of one photo and she's gone, mm, I'm going to delete this one, delete this one, this one. I'm like, dude, this one and like the 20th one is exactly the same, you know? And so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's because the Asian culture, you know, even like Korean culture, Japanese culture, they have the, the photo booths, right? You need yes. to make everything pretty, right? Mm. Uh, and then there's something about the Western world. Like in Australia, film's going crazy now. Yes. Like we, we're kind of going, hey, look, let's just embrace, let's embrace the shit. Right? Mm, if it's not mm, good, mm. it's not good. It is not but good. Just take yeah. it. And it's okay. It's okay. Just take yeah. it. Yeah. Right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And then also the click, the sound of the click and the there's something so nostalgic about it. I, I wonder I, I think I think we just miss that old times where the world is slow and beautiful mm. and romantic. Like yeah. Is that why nostalgia makes money now? If you think I about think the so. movies and everything like that, we pull out all the old, like, Star Wars, Top Gun, yeah. all the, you know? There's this, because this world right now is just crazy. Yeah. So maybe that gives us a sense of comfort. I don't know. That's, yeah. That's why I love conversations like this as well. Mm. Because how often do we get to sit in a room for about a good hour yeah. and just have a conversation and not yeah. worry about the outside world? Yes, right? yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And then you can actually, I, I mean, this, this art is lost. Mm, yeah, and mm. I think that there's something beautiful about yeah. When people go, oh hey, some someone asked me like, should I start a podcast? I said yes, do it. Just go and do it. Just do it. Just do it. <laughs> but, but why? But why? Like, I don't know how to speak. No, 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 no. You do know how to speak. You you learn yes. from when you're a kid. Yes. It's the art of conversation. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Take that conversation. Go somewhere. I love and, that. Know, yeah. I love that. Speaking yeah. of phone photography, for, okay. So people have mm-hmm. iPhones, Samsungs. So, yeah. Actually, you know what? Let's do this. We'll piss off a lot of people here. <laughs> Samsung cameras or iPhone cameras? iPhone, I'm sorry. <laughs> yep, and <Yeah>. Mac. <laughs> Do you use Lightroom? I, just, I use Lightroom. Yeah. It's just the the way it renders, it's just I feel like it's less robotic. It's less sharp, less intense. Mm. It just feels more like real life. Mm. So That's how, how do, I feel, personally. Mm. Um, how, how do people take better photos on their iPhone? Um, don't rush. Sometimes people just take like 10 shots. Yeah. Now think about maybe you don't need to take 10 shots. Yeah. Take one shot and then try something else. Like try a different angle. Yeah. You know, get the person, like give some cues to them. Tell their story. You know, when it's like Nathan and your wife. Yeah. Yana. Yana. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Instead of saying, you know, Nathan smile. Yeah. Go, Nathan, look at Yana. Isn't she pretty today? You know, and that will give you like a different expression and that the photos will show that. And that comes back to storytelling. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. instead of capturing the thing, capture the moment, right? Yes, capture the moment. Yes, Capture the moment. Uh, Do you, 
how did you? Oh, one more thing. Go for it. Um, try to find a not a busy background. What do find you mean? Find a plain background, and then the the stories will shine. Mm. Composition, right? You talking about composition? Yeah, like you know, a simple background like this is better than, you know, say that background because there is a lot of, yeah, patterns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people will. People who watch this podcast, mm. they will never know what's on that side. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have composed it well. But yeah, I don't know. This is just from them. Yes, if if I, I would, I would change this. I, I actually wanted to because um, I don't like this, and I think it doesn't. Fi- I should put a picture of like I don't know. What would you What would you change here? I would just take it out. I just take it out, yeah. yeah. Just take it out, yeah. Mm. Maybe one day I'll have like an like a studio with like neon lights as the business bubble. Yeah, yeah, I, right. That'd be cool, I love right? That. I love that. I'll take that. that. I'll yes, take that. I love that. Um, what is your gear? So what's your what's your travel gear? So prime lens. Like I yes yes. I have a contact six four five. I've got three of them. I use a contact. Mm-hmm. Contacts. Okay. A contact. Yeah, contacts. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've got three of them because they're vintage cameras. Yeah. And when people are investing in me, I can't afford to not have them. So I always have backups. Um, and then I just have Can- Canon R6 as okay. my digital. And I just have 2470 and then a 70 to 300. Um, 1635. Yep. So I'm very simple with my gears. I don't get carried away with, you know, having to have 10 different um, lenses. Like today, I only have one lens to photograph an event and it makes me creative because you have to problem solve with that one lens Mm. yeah and that was fun yes yeah and what happens if you miss a moment uh go and recreate it again (laughs) (laughs) that's artificial can you cry again for me do you want to just cry just cry (laughs) you can just say instead of saying crying again yeah you say, look at your dad again. Uh, That's all you need to say. And then you will see it again. Yeah. I think it's the confidence. Yeah. Like, don't, don't stress too much. Mm. Don't stress too much. If you didn't get it, just do it again. If there are moments in people's lives that they must take a photo of, yes. what yes. are your like, top five, top five moments in life that you need to take a photo of? Every day. <laughs> <laughs> There's no top five. You know, anything that makes your heart go, mm go and capture it yeah you know when I'm cuddling my little one and I just felt so warm in my heart capture it do a selfie when I'm like at home I think it's the everydays Nathan yeah it's the everydays the everydays is what makes life meaningful yeah because everyday is the everyday it's the real thing it's the real thing it's the real thing it's the real thing you know I'll be like working on the dining table and I'll see my husband and my son playing soccer in the background like Mm. in the thing I'll capture it because makes my heart happy and that's what we do as a family yeah yeah in the end i mean like i mean like when we're when we're on our deathbed right how nice would it be to flip through an album and you remember those moments right yes yeah yes because when you're there the only thing you remember are your memories right yes and the everydays yeah yeah have you had a situation where someone had alzheimer's or like had memory loss and then the photos no No? okay but i do know of my husband's friend Mm. and i think because there is a history of that. Yeah. So then he took a lot of pictures to help him touch wood if he yeah. ever have to go yeah. through it. Yeah. yeah. And one of the things I know you're passionate about, mm. and I've found, I've read this, I read this that you went to an orphanage in Indonesia yes. to take photos and stuff yes. like that. Yes. Why, did, why did you do that? Okay. So before I found out about legacies and all this, you know, later on in yeah. my purpose, I've always wanted to give a voice 
I always wanted to help people find a voice to help them to help other people know what it is that they're about. So like in an orphanage, like he needs to go and do fundraising. He needs to tell people what he does. Yeah. And sometimes words are not enough. So with my very limited editing skill, I took some. I spent two. I spent two weeks visiting them every every day and just capture a little bit, a little glimpse of what they do, and just create a little um, story. And and then so whenever the director goes, you know, to do his fundraising, he'll just play that video, and it's just a lot easier for him to share. Mm. So that's kind of like yeah. Are you moved? Does that personally move you, like seeing these mm, kids? Absolutely. Yeah. Because when I was little, um, I will always see like little children carrying books to sell when we are having dinner and whatnot. My mom will always ask them, "Why are you?" Because they're like Liam and Sky's age. Why are you selling books? And they, they always say, "So that I can go to school." So my heart has always been, you know, for mm. them. And since that experience in an orphanage in Indonesia. Um, it connected me to a beautiful lady um, who apparently grew up in an orphanage and now she works with the Department of Social Services in Australia. So anyway, then, um, yeah, we decided to go to East Timor together and we did like little... So I did the photos and then together we created an event and we had an exhibition and then we raised, I think, like 7000 seven and a half thousand dollars and we donated back to the church and to like a daycare in East Timor. Yeah. So I just really love being able to to do that. And I really hope to do a lot more of this in the future. Yeah. Mm. I think influence once you have more influence and you have mm. I guess more resources on your yes. hands. Yes. Um hey, who knows? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'll do the whole business bubble over in <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three. <laughs> Chapter three. If you if you were to say uh, what's my what's my biggest success moment, greatest achievement, mm. um, can you can you bring that down to one thing? Or yes, you yes. can. Yes, it's the discovering that from so fortieth is my milestone that just passed, and I felt that the discovery was the discovery of wanting to live a life. From success to significance, I think is my proudest moment. Mm. So it's not contained in a single event, but I I plan. So this happened on a plane um, from Milan to Dubai. I was planning to do a lot of work, but I left my charger, <laughs> so I can't work. So I ended up like just reading and listening and writing. And then as I was writing, um, I got inspired by someone who said that it's, you know, for her, it's success to significance and something just lit up inside of me. This is the new decade for that. Mm. So I felt like in my 30s, I've chased a lot of success and goals mm -hmm. and dreams. And this year, everything that I am chasing has to give birth, has to be associated with impact and significance. Yeah. So I felt like, man, that was good. That was <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad so I left my it. charger. <laughs> yeah. My greatest achievement today was leaving my charger at yes. uh, home and I didn't bring yes. it for the trip. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I just felt so proud of finding a new dream, a new goal, a new purpose, you know? Yeah. Yeah. If uh, when your kids are, I guess, getting a little bit older mm -hmm. and they're trying to 
work out what life is about. Yeah. Um, and they're trying to understand a little bit more of themselves. And yes. when they feel down, what's the message that you would consistently tell your kids? Um, that it's okay. Life can suck sometimes. Yeah. And this is the new, um, this is the, I think the first full French sentence that I could say. Go for it. La vie est belle. Eh? Hang on. No, sorry, sorry. Can you delete that? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it's okay. Um, C'est la vie. Eh, la vie est belle. C'est la vie. Eh? Eh, la vie est belle. Est belle. It means that such is life, but life is beautiful. Hmm. So if, you know, one day they come to me crying because of heartbreaks or they lost money or whatever, I'm just going to say, life sucks sometimes. It's okay. Mm. But life is beautiful. So go and cry now when you're ready. Come, let's go and do something else. Go and figure something else out. It really is. the mm. To measure success in life, it really is the yep. joy of giving. It's really the mm. being able to add value to people. And yes. I think... Like after that, that holiday was so good for me because it actually helped me realign exactly, you know, what this whole thing is about. Like, business so about why good. am I doing this? It's because I just want to add more value to people's lives. That's amazing, yeah. and it comes, it will come back to you like a million times. I have no doubt. Yeah, and you know what? I talk about legacy, right? I yeah. don't really care if it comes back. You know what I mean? But if you can, if you can somehow leave your legacy, someone Absolutely. listen to this episode and they happen to go, oh my gosh, you know, I heard Amelia's story. And, mm. you know, I was, I was able to just play my small part by opening yes. that platform for you. Yes. And they were inspired to do something else. You never know the chain effect. Exactly. In heaven, we'll find out. But now exactly. we won't know. It will just keep going round and around and around and multiply and multiply and multiply. See, yeah. the world is a better place because of dreamers. That's right. So thank you for Dream chasing more. your dreams. Dream more. Yes. And thank you for today's episode. You're I'm welcome. I'm blessed. Yeah. Me too. Thank Wait, you. What, is, there, is there something that you didn't say in French to actually say like, oh, like, thank Merci you. beaucoup. <laughs> merci beaucoup. Is merci, this, thank merci, you so, merci, merci beaucoup. Merci beaucoup. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <I wanna try. laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> okay. Bless you.